I always say the same thing. It's not going to be easy, but it'll work. Being scared of being yourself is such a part of the human experience. It's mm. true. It mm. really is. I don't know anyone who doesn't have this experience, but the greatest moments of growth that you have are when you start to trust your intuition. Happy Friday, everybody. I hope you guys have enjoyed your week so far. I hope you guys have enjoyed this beautiful weather. If you're out in Utah, it's been gorgeous. But uh, real quick, make sure you follow me on Twitter and LinkedIn and the podcast. All of those are Dalton K. Jensen. The website is daltonkjensen.com. And of course, you're tuning into The Thinking Project. So um, one last bit of info for you guys. I'm releasing a new sales book that is going to help you guys up your sales game. If you're a small business owner, if you're in sales, uh, it comes with guides and scripts and processes. And how do we do this? How do we be successful in sales? So go check that out. It's on Gumroad. The link is in the description below. And without further ado, let me introduce my guest, Michael Anthony. Michael Unbroken Anthony. He has such an amazing story. We had such an amazing time talking. He helps trauma survivors heal and get past their trauma and get back on their life. Um, he is an amazing person. I really enjoyed talking with him. He offers mentorship, support, accountability, and really growth to everybody who needs what he has to offer. So go check out his website, thinkunbroken.com, his podcast, the Think Unbroken podcast, and become unbroken. We had an amazing conversation. Uh, he's an amazing entrepreneur, been endorsed by uh, investors and, and coaches like Grant Cardone. And if you know me, I love Grant Cardone. He's a, he's fantastic. So Michael uh, is equally fantastic. Please enjoy the podcast. Share it with your friends if you get any value out of this. And please welcome Michael Anthony. Welcome, everybody. This is Don Jensen, and you're tuning into The Thinking Project. Looks like everything's good. Thanks for joining me, Michael, on the Thinking Project. I'm I'm glad you're here. I'm glad we were able to connect. Yeah, me too, man. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk to you. Yeah, absolutely. So I got to get my first question out of the way because I see the 10x rule. I listened to your last podcast where you mentioned Grant Cardone was one of your mentors. Um, how mm -hmm. did that all start? How did that all come about? Yeah, and uh, and also he's invested uh, into my business. Before. Oh wow! So. The it's it's a long story, but I'll try to make it as succinct as I can. So, you know, I, I've been in marketing and branding for the majority of my adult life. And I'm always looking at what people are doing to get attention because that's the world that we live in. And so um I saw his free book funnel pop up and then I like, get a free copy of the 10X roll. And I'm like, okay, I have a book, I have a book funnel. Like, what is he doing on the backside of this? And so I get the book. This is in March. And it comes, it's sitting on my desk and I'm looking at it and I'm just like, read this. Let me tell you this. I know nothing. I've never heard the name Grant Cardone before. Not okay. one time ever. And so it's sitting on my desk and I'm like, man, I should read this book. There's something that says just like flip it open. I got a bazillion books, man. And yeah. sometimes I read them. Sometimes I don't. And sometimes I get to them eventually. And I was like, ah, just read something says, read this. What is this 10 X thing? And uh, I, I made it through three chapters that night. And the next day I listened to the entire audiobook, and I was like, 
oh man, this dude, I just get it. I like the way he thinks. It makes sense to me. Um, does he teach? Does he have workshops online? Does he have conferences? Turns out GrowthCon is like uh, two weeks away. And I was like, bet. So I got a ticket. I canceled my schedule. I moved everything. I flew to Miami and I went to that conference. And that conference was phenomenal because I thought I was going to a personal development conference. That's honestly, I was like, okay, cool. This will just be like any of these other things. And it was really an entrepreneurial conference. It was a business owners conference. And I love that because I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a business owner. And in that, so there's a guy who comes up on stage named Pete Vargas. And Pete Vargas is like, three years ago, I was sitting where you are. Now I'm on the stage. I'm like, all right, Pete, we all heard this shit before. <laughs> and, uh, and then he plays, and then he's like, everyone who is here today has an opportunity to pitch their business to Grant Cardone. And the winner is going to get $10,000 investment from Grant Cardone. And uh, I was like, oh, that's cool. So anyway, the, the thing goes on and I happen to be looking at the guy behind me and I just say hi, right? Because I think if you're in these conferences, if you're in these places, I'm a dude, I'm a super introvert. And so I'm like, okay, I'm in here. So I need to talk to people because you never know who you're going to meet. So I turn around, I say hi. And the dude's name is Russ Yeager. And the next day they play this video again, you know, you're going to have an opportunity pitch. Here's the guy who won last year, Russ Yeager, the guy <laughs> I just met yesterday. I mean, there's 2,500 people in there. That's a small likelihood. He's going to be standing behind me. Well, fast forward a month. Well, I made it into the top 10 of people who were going to get a pitch their business live in front of not only Grant Cardone, but 10,000 people. Wow. And I was like, okay, who do I know that did this before? And yeah, I, picked yeah. up, I picked up the phone. I called Russ and I said, dude, uh, can you help me? Because look, here's the thing, man. Why would I not want help from the guy who had just done it? Yeah. And, yeah. and he goes, you're the second person to ever ask me for help about this. I was like, that's asinine to me, <laughs> right? Why would you not ask the guy who's done it for help? Well, anyway, you head to the end of the evening. We do our pitches live. It starts out like this. It's really hilarious. We think we have five minutes. Grant Cardone, Jared Glant, Brandon Dawson, and Pete Vargas. And, I'm, and they're like, we assume we have five minutes. And Grant being Grant, which I, I love this dude so much. Yeah. And you have to keep in mind, I've only known him for like a month and a half. I have no idea who this guy <laughs> is. He goes, uh... In real life, you don't get five minutes to pitch your business. And everyone was like, oh, man. And he goes, you guys get two minutes. And you could see like, dude, I'm talking about you're talking about two weeks of preparation, rehearsing wow. this again and again and again, like really zeroed in on this five minute thing. And he goes, nope. You get two minutes. Everyone went <laughs> dead inside. Even I did a little bit. Yeah. And uh, he goes, who wants to go first? I raised my hand because, dude, you always want to go first in life yeah. and everything that you do. And I, I literally made him do a mic drop when I finished. And I knew immediately <laughs> that I had won. And then he I did win. And the people who went after me were phenomenal. And many of them have become great friends. And, and after that, I joined one of his programs and, you know, I've had the, the privilege of being able to work with him. And it's just, 
it's been phenomenal to look at. Here's how I always measure like mentorship yeah. and coaching because I actually work with Tom Bilyeu frequently. I work with oh wow I've with Gary Vaynerchuk. I've worked with a lot of really amazing people um, in the space that I'm in. And what I love and appreciate about Grant is that the dude, even though people see him as like this this polarizing guy where he's like all about this money and the jets and the helicopters and stuff. What they don't know is the millions of dollars that he invests into the Grant Cardone foundation to bring an education to children to the Africa programs that he's building to make entrepreneurship possible for people in Africa about the fact that he helps people every single day. And, and look, I'm a good judge of character, man. It's really hard to pull the wool over my eyes. And, <laughs> and he is one of the, the most real human beings I've ever had the privilege of working with. So I know that's a very long diatribe into this conversation, but I, I just <laughs> want to create context around that because I'm, I'm honored to be able to say that Grant Cardone is one of my mentors. Yeah, no, I really appreciate that story. And it's a crazy story. I love Grant Cardone because Grant Cardone started uh, in the automotive industry. So the first book I read from Grant Cardone was A Closer Survival Guide because I I got into the uh, automotive industry. I was like, dude, you know, the first two months, it was like terrible. Uh, It was commission only. And I'm like, man, I got to figure out who's done this before. So I really like that you brought up like, just go ask somebody who's done it before. Why wouldn't you do that? And, And I had the opportunity to do some Googling and uh, car sales. And at the time that I found Grant Cardone, which was probably like 20, early, like 2015, um, all of his, like he, there were a few books he hadn't written yet. Uh, he'd written the 10 X rule. He'd written, if you're not first, you're last. And like the closer survival guide and maybe like one other. And uh, so I found him, did the exact same thing you did. I was like, this guy, there's something really cool about this guy. So I just went all in. I bought like everything that you could buy from him, cars, uh, on car sales, on sales in general. Uh, and he really like, he really like took off, uh, helped me take off like my whole sales career. And so I thought that was, uh, I thought that was really interesting. I am like a huge book nerd. Um, so I already see some of the books hanging out back there and hopefully we'll get a chance to talk about those. But Michael, I wanted to bring you on because um, I, I'm glad that we connected. And after doing a lot of research with your company and everything, um, you've written the book, Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma. Um, you're a trauma coach and all of this comes from experience. So can you take a little bit of time and just tell me, uh, tell us your story and tell us what's going on? Yeah, absolutely. Um, what's up everybody. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by sauced up salsa and sauced up salsa with so many different flavors to choose from. When you add in their homemade chips, they're perfect for family nights, date nights, and really anytime you need chips and salsa. The best part, I know the owner personally, and he puts all of his heart and soul into every recipe they put out. Their locally sourced ingredients are fire roasted to perfection every time, making it the best salsa you'll have in your life. So with the best salsa out there, what are you waiting for? Go visit SaucedUpSalsa.com and when you sign up for their newsletter, you'll get 10% off your order. So go visit SaucedUpSalsa.com and tell them that the Thinking Project sent you. I want to create context here, but I'll I'll do the elevator pitch version of it. So when I was four years old, my mother, uh, she cut off my right index finger. She was a drug addict and alcoholic. And my stepfather was super abusive. 
the kind of guy you pray is never your stepfather. And I spent the majority of my childhood in poverty and homeless. And at one point, I lived with 30 different families over the course of two years. By the time that I was 12, I got high for the first time, drunk at 13. And by 15, I was expelled from school. I was selling drugs, stealing cars, breaking into houses, hurting people, and finally got put in this last chance program. Still didn't graduate on time. And they pretty much just handed me the diploma. And they're like, you just got to get out of here. <laughs> and I found myself at 18 years old being like, well, what's the solution for all of this abuse, all this trauma, all this pain? And I was like, it's got to be money, right? Like, it's got to be like, that's got to be the solution. And so after not being able to get in the military because I destroyed my knee, um, I was like, I'm going to go get a job making $100,000 a year legally. And this was important because my uncle's in prison for life. I've been in handcuffs. Most of my family has. My three childhood best friends, by the time we were 26, they were murdered. And that was all drugs, man. I was like, I got to do this legally. I saw the future, man. I just knew what was going to happen. And so I, I was like, all right, let me see what I have to do. And so at 18 years old, I ended up getting a, a job being a general manager and training for a fast food restaurant. Had a team of 52 people under me. By the time I was 20, heading into 21, I landed a job with a Fortune 10 company. This is no high school diploma, no college education. And so I hit this goal. I started making the six figures. But you hear this all the time. Money only makes your life worse. And that was so true for me because I hadn't done any healing. I hadn't gone through what I needed to go through. And I found myself at 350 pounds smoking two packs of cigarettes a day, drinking myself to sleep. And that's when I put a gun in my mouth. I was just done, man. I was just like, fuck, dude, this money was supposed to fix everything and it didn't. And I was like, what am I supposed to do? And you'd think that'd be the moment everything shifted, but it wasn't. The next day I was laying in bed. It was 11 o'clock in the morning. Keep in mind, I'm 350 pounds. I'm smoking a joint, eating chocolate cake, and watching the CrossFit games. Like, dude, if that's not rock bottom, (laughs) I don't know what is. And and I went in the bathroom, I looked at myself in the mirror and I just did not recognize, I did not recognize myself. And I remember being eight years old and the water company came and turned our water off. Now keep in mind, I grew up in Indianapolis. We were so poor, they turned our water off. And I took this little blue bucket And I walked across the street to the neighbor's house and I turned on their spigot. And for the first time in my life, I stole, like I stole water. And I remember being like, when I'm a grown up, this is not going to be my life. Now, it wasn't my life because I had money and cars and clothes and women and all this stuff, but it was a disaster otherwise. And I asked myself, what are you willing to do to have the life that you want to have? Yeah. And in that moment, I was like, no excuses, just results. And 11 years later, here I am talking to you. And now this has been a journey of a tremendous amount of work, therapy, group therapy, men's group therapy, EMDR, CBT, NLP, all all the therapies, going to AA and NA and all the A's and personal development and reading all the books and going to all the conferences and having a coach and getting trauma informed certifications and education. I got like 35 of them now. And diving deep into really creating this massive change in my own life. And I never, ever, ever, ever anticipated doing this. 
I didn't, I don't want to be the spokesperson for childhood trauma, but somebody's got to do it. And my mission is very simple. I want to end generational trauma in my lifetime because I don't want another little kid to have to go through what I went through. And what I understand about that is it's improbable. It's unfeasible, probably not going to happen, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to try. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, you've got to do it. Somebody's got to do it because the first time I heard generational trauma, and I'm going to ask you kind of to define that just so that we can get a good idea of what that really means. But I didn't understand what that meant when I first heard it. And uh, it's real. And it's and it's super scary to know that unintentionally, you can pass on some of these things, uh, even if you're trying to do your best. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, without totally. without without getting help right so what are some of the things that you you know try to help people with when when you're talking about like generational trauma and like childhood stuff yeah let's talk about what that means first because i know some people aren't going to know um generational trauma is the repeated pattern of behavior from the people before you right your parents and i think about this all the time we're the sum total of all of our experiences leading up to this moment so that means everything that's ever happened to us informs who we are and so when I when you really track it back, not only from a genetic standpoint, which we can identify our DNA carrying these traits, but through the behaviors that we experienced from our parents, did they yell? Did they scream? Did they hit you? Did they curse at you? Did they lock you in closets? Did they kick your ass? Did they belittle you? All of those things, you can look at it and go, well, there's probably a correlation between their parents doing that to them and their parents before them and their parents before them and so on and so forth. And so when you get into this place where you understand that part of my experience and my journey in it is that I actually found this really intense sense of freedom when I understood that because I'm very analytical. And so with rhyme and reason, I can make sense of anything. That doesn't mean I've justified it. That doesn't mean that it's okay because it's definitely not. But I get a look at it and I go, okay, so I understand why that happened. So let me break that cycle. Let me be the one to make sure this doesn't happen again. And, and when I work with people, it's very much about changing repetitive patterns, changing thought patterns, changing who they believe they're capable of being in their lives and giving people practical, real tools and challenging them. Like I tell people every time, you know, when, when somebody comes into coaching with me, whether it's in business coaching, because I, I work with executives who are you know, and solopreneurs and entrepreneurs who have had trauma. But I also work with people who aren't in business. It it doesn't matter which avenue you come into my programs. And I always say the same thing. It's not going to be easy, but it'll work on a long timeline. And I've been super beneficial to help so many people, man. But the only thing that I ever really do, to be honest with you, is I just teach people what I've learned. Yeah. And and I'm not for everybody because I'm polarizing and I'm intense and I carry, you know, there I'm stubborn and I want people to be successful. And that's that's soft putting to a lot of folks. And that's fine. But yeah. the thing that I always come down to, man, is like you look at your life and you go, Yes, I've been impacted by my past. It's impossible to hide from it because when you hide from it, it shows up in other ways. Drinking, yeah. drugs, sex, spending money, addictions, gambling, lying to people, hurting people. And then when you start to uncover it, when I say freedom, that freedom is this place where you start to build into who you're capable of being. And one day you look at your life and you go, man, 
this is very different from where I started because I acknowledged it. Yeah, I think that's the most important part is just realizing that you're you're at the spot, right? Like that's one of the first steps, you know what I mean? Is is just recognizing that I think my favorite book on on that kind of subject is Russell Brand's book, um, Recovery, where mm-hmm. he like takes he like puts his own spin on it, and and uh, his first question is like, "Are you fucked?" <laughs> you know what I mean? And so it's uh so it's really funny. But I kind of want to take a side. I want to ask you a side question because I love this. I love I, I'm drawn to people who are polarizing because I just find it really interesting. Even if I disagree with them, I like the idea that you're like a contrarian and things like that. Um, what do people find most polarizing about you? Yeah, I am a contrarian. Uh, honestly, I am. I've had people tell me that since I was like five years old. <laughs> right. So I believe yeah. like, look, and that's not intentional. I just want to challenge. I want to understand. Like when I was a little kid, I was the why kid, but I was never the why kid who's like, why, why, why? I'm like, why? Explain it to me. Yeah. Justify the thought process. Help me understand. Like, I remember getting in trouble as a little kid for not wanting to walk on the right side of the hallway and being (laughs) like, why? Why do I have to walk on the right side of the hallway? And, you know, the thing that often I find that people, dude, I got, I literally have a folder in my email (laughs) with hundreds of emails of people being like, go fuck yourself. (laughs) Of being like, who do you think you are to talk about this? How dare you? The truth is we're not all for everybody. That's the yeah. thing, man. People don't want to understand this. They think that they have to appease everyone. Yeah. No, you don't. Because my style might not be for you. You yeah. might need somebody extremely different than me. Yeah. Good. That doesn't mean I'm wrong. Doesn't mean you're right. It just means we aren't the right people for each other. I look at it it's like dating, man. If, if we're not in a synchronicity and alignment, we're going to clash. I don't want you to come to me if I'm the wrong person, but also, and this is where people send me these emails and newsletters and shit. They're like, you're too hard to talk about trauma. And I'm like, when I was easy on myself, my life fucking sucked. So (laughs) maybe there's something to that. And, you know, and, and people often will compare me to, to David Goggins. And I'm like, that dude's at a level I don't even comprehend. Like, I don't yeah. even know how someone gets to that level. And so to me, I go, maybe David was so broken that that became his new default where he just turned off. And like, I don't think I'm there, <laughs> but you know, people cancel him all the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, how dare you talk about people being a pussy and do this and do that. And I'm like, dude, not everyone's for everyone. There's 8 yeah. billion yeah. fucking people on planet earth. It's <laughs> fine. Dude, it's fine. We don't have to be friends. I don't care. But that doesn't mean that I'm not going to do my best to serve people. And if you find yourself being like, you know what? I want to come and learn. I will be here to teach. Because here's the thing. Even with myself, I go and I look at people. I love polarizing people as well. It's one of the reasons I'm obsessed with stand-up comedy. Because I want to challenge the standard notion of who it is that we're capable of being. I want to walk on the left side of the hallway and color the moon purple and tattoo myself head to toe and wear the clothes I want to wear and say the things I want to say. And if you don't like me, what does that have to do with me? Yeah. Yeah. I think, do you see a correlation between some of this, some of this trauma and what you just said right there is like, people care a lot about what other people think. So you start hiding stuff. So you start putting on a face. 
This is a phenomenal question. And the, the short answer is yes. The long answer is this. Think about this. When you're a little kid and you're going through this process of trying to figure out who you are and you try to tap into your intuition, you try to do the things in your life that you feel like make you who you are. But every time that you do, there's a ramification. There's some pain, some suffering, some abuse. And that's like not even for only people who go through trauma. That's for people who had a what you would call a great childhood, where the people around you are saying, that's not how you dress. That's not how you think. That's not how you talk. How dare you? Who do you think you are? That's stupid. And then it kind of turns into this thing where every single time you try to tap into your intuition, you fight it. You fight it because it becomes a defensive mechanism to be yourself, right? To be yourself is terrifying because there's ridicule and shame and judgment and guilt from everyone in the world. And what you have to understand is we're a communal species. And so by nature, it becomes intuitive that we want to bend who we are to be in safety. We want to be a part of the herd. When you're the outsider, which I was the outsider my entire childhood, I'm still the outsider. But when I was the outsider as a child, it was me hiding myself. It was safety. Your favorite band was my favorite mm-hmm. band. The clothes mm-hmm. you wore, the clothes I wore. I distinctly remember kids being like, you're a copycat. And I'm like, I don't know who else to be. I'm not allowed to be myself mm-hmm. at home. Every time I'm me at home, I get my ass kicked. Every time I'm me at school, I get ridiculed and shamed. So I just tried to bend myself to be like them. Mm-hmm. And then one of the things that happens As you become adult, you realize that that is the number one biggest hindrance to failure in your life. Being scared of being yourself is such a part of the human experience. It's Mm. true. It Mm. really is. I don't know anyone who doesn't have this experience, but the greatest moments of growth that you have are when you start to trust your intuition and you start to tap into the understanding that you have the ability to be yourself in this process. And one of my favorite quotes of all time, which I'll paraphrase from Jay-Z, he says, people saying that you changed, well, I didn't do all this work to stay the same. Mm. And I think about that every single day because I didn't do all this work to stay the same. That's not, that was the whole point. (laughs) I want to be different. I want to be able to tap into myself. I want to be able to understand who I am. I want to be able to be who it is that is within myself. And if you want to judge me, if you want to shame me, fine. I don't care. I think that's the, I think that's the crux of what healing trauma means. Like I swear mm. to God, I really do. It's looking in the mirror and being okay with the reflection on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. And that takes a lot of, I'm just, I, I'm taking notes, but uh, that takes a lot of self-awareness to be okay with who's looking back on the other side. Well, you have to build that, right? Okay. Okay. Because if you spent so much time with it turned off and you don't know how to be yourself, you're going to fuck up a lot, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I make a, I still do. I'm telling you, I make a lot of mistakes all the time because yeah. I'm still learning how to tap deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into my intuition in a way that almost feels like Zen Buddhist light. <laughs> Where, I, where I'm not even thinking about being me, but I am me, Yeah. right? And I think that's a process. I think that's a practice because if I rewind almost a decade ago, looking at my life at 26, 27 years old, 
I had no self-esteem. I, and I realized in that moment, I never had any. I had no self-belief. I had no courage. I had no confidence. I'd never had these things because the most terrifying thing in my existence was being myself. Nothing brought more pain to my life than being me. Um, and so when you've had that turned off for so long and starting to step into that intuition is arguably the hardest thing that we do, right? Because in that, you're going to learn to love yourself. You're going to yeah. learn to figure out who you are. You're going to learn how to use your voice and stand up for yourself and ultimately do that thing, which is my hope for everyone in becoming the hero of your own story. And so, you know, I, it's, it's so much more complicated than I think people understand or even explain because there's like levels to this. <laughs> yeah. Well, while you were talking about that, I was thinking in my head, like what, what that means to, to be yourself. Right. And some of these things, one of the other reasons I love, like I'm a big fan of stand up comedy. I tried my hand at it. Probably not the best, but uh, I, I love this idea that, you know, you can be yourself and kind of call people out and what does it mean? Like you said, it's hard to explain. And, and so I'm just wondering if you have maybe just the reader's digest version of what does it mean to be yourself and how do how do people know if they're, if they're comfortable in their own skin and being themselves? Yeah. I, well, I do think that was the reader's digest version of it, okay. but okay. let me go a level, but let me go a level deeper. The thing that keeps you awake at night, that's the thing you need to be taken care of. That's okay. the thing that, if you either do or don't do or change or don't change or whatever, that thing that when you're in the quiet, when you're in the peace, when you're not distracted, when you're by yourself and the only person you have is you, that's the thing that you have to move towards or away from to become yourself even mm. deeper. Quit that job, move to that city, ask that person out on the date, buy that car, sell that car, do that thing, you know, whatever it is, it's the actions that we take in our life. There oh. are people who are, so, there's, there's somebody listening right now where they're like, the only thing I've ever wanted to do on my whole life was get a tattoo. This is like for real. Somebody listening right now is having this experience and they're, and they're terrified of it because somebody's going to judge them and they lay in bed at night and they go, man, I, like, I, I, could, I see it. I research it 12 hours a day. I look at it all the time. I know what it is. It's going to make me feel invincible. And they're terrified to do it. Fear's everywhere, dude. I get scared yeah. every time I do everything. Every time I speak on a stage, every time I coach somebody, every time I write a book, every time I'm on a podcast, every time I do anything in my life, there's fear. So what are you going to do about it? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's incredible. And. uh Fear is, fear is a, a, a crazy topic, but I really like what you said, especially since, I don't know, man, we were supposed to meet because that's what, that was like specifically one of the experiences that I had was like, uh, I'm Polynesian um, and I've, you know, and I'm also uh, religious uh, and growing up tattoos are very taboo, but like that was one of the ways that I felt that I was connected to my Polynesian heritage because I don't look like a Polynesian. Um, and I used to get that all the time. And that was one of the things like I, I would learn about it and I would learn about my family history and I would learn about Hawaii um, because that's where my ancestors are from. And uh, I was like, I was like, I always wanted a tattoo. I always told people about it. I almost got one at one point. And then I just went and got one and it just felt, it felt great for me. And, by, and 
here's the crazy thing. I wish I would have done it sooner because mm -hmm. it was a very spiritual experience for me finding the artist and it's black and white and it's freehand. And it was, I tried to do it as traditional as I could um, with, with the budget that I had. Uh, and it was like, it was a, it was an incredible experience. So I know exactly what you're talking about when you say like, do that thing. And, and it feels good to be yourself when, when you do that. And like, what was funny was I did get judged a little bit. Like people still ask me, like when I go to church and stuff, but none of it matters. Like I don't, it doesn't phase me. Like it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? I just keep doing what I'm supposed, you know, what I feel like I'm supposed to be doing. And uh, it was a great experience. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that applies to everything in life. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it really does. The further that you tap into doing the things and saying, but let me put it this way. And this is going to sound weird and it will sound weird until you really understand it. Yeah. I only do what I want to do and I don't do what I don't want to do. It's very, <laughs> it's very simple. That doesn't mean I don't have to do tedious shit that is annoying. And that doesn't mean I have to do stuff like I still got to go to the grocery store. I still got to like clean the house. I still got to do that stuff. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, yeah. Like outside of that, which in an ideal world, I would never do, but that's not how my <laughs> life works. You know, I look at that and I go, okay, cool. What do I have to do? And I do those things. But if you're like, hey, man, let's go to, I don't know, this country concert. I'm going to be like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> right. But there are people who will be like, yeah, yeah of course, yeah. man. I love it. And I would have 15 years ago. Oh, because, because you would have been like, I'd been like, man, how can I be friends with that guy? How, how do I like the things he likes? How do I show up how he thinks I should show up so I can be in connection? Yeah. Right. This is about understanding your boundaries. It's about understanding your wants, your needs, your interests, your values yeah. and who you are and moving towards that only and always. Yeah. And saying yes to the things you want to say yes to and saying no to the things you want to say no to and, yeah. and not breaking that because I think that's where you start to lose yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. it's the same way that people start doing things where they're like, well, my friends are all, you know, it's such a great like parents adage. If your friends were jumping off the roof, would you? And, <laughs> and you're like, yeah, because my friends are. And I'm like, that's stupid. No, I'm good. I'm gonna hang out down here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I have a question. You brought up something that um, and I'm and I really enjoy that you're you're on the trauma side, but you're also on the business side. So you're in like the coaching side and the business side. Um, when you're, when, you know, when you talk about like saying no to things you want to say no to and yes to things you want to say yes to, this might sound like a weird question, but in business, sometimes I, I feel like sometimes, you know, you got to be around the people that you want to be around. And so that might be like maybe going to an event that you might necessarily have wanted to go to, but people are there that you need to meet. If my, you know, if, if I'm making sense, how do you kind of mix those together? If I don't want to go, I don't go. Okay. I don't, I don't measure it by that. Right. And so okay. I just ask myself, should I be there? And I'm, be, and I'm there. And if I shouldn't, then I'm not. Because the truth is if like, like, like to me, it's like, okay, if, if I had to go into this situation that ultimately I don't feel um, not even necessarily confident in, but if I don't feel, how do I want to phrase this? I really want to make this practical. I funnel everything that I do in my life through my value system. Okay? okay. My values are honesty, kindness, self-actualization, and leadership. 
And so when I think about the actions that I take in my life, whether they're in my life or in my business or in the, the juxtaposition of the two, I funnel all the choices that I make through it. With honesty being at the forefront of all of this, if my intuition says, I don't want to go to this event, even though there's people there who I want to be in connection with, mm-hmm. I would be lying to myself to go to the event. So I don't go. So mm-hmm. I think one of the really interesting things is when you funnel your decision making through your values, you will never be wrong. And so if you're in this place where you're conflicted, that's because you haven't been honest enough with yourself yet. Because those people, like, think about this. Why are the people you want to connect with at an event that you don't want to be at? Something's not in synchronicity there. Something's okay. amiss. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And I, because I, I've had conversations with entrepreneurs that, and business owners and things like that. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like very wild, like this, this, you know, hustle Twitter and entrepreneur and everything like that can get very muddy really quick. And I've had conversations with people where they're like, you know, I should go to this event because there's a lot of people. It'd be a great opportunity, but I just really don't want to go like they, you know, they get weird vibes or they just don't, you know, it doesn't feel right. Like something's not right. And, and they end up going and it, it ends up not being what they wanted or it ends up being what they wanted. And, and I like what you said about just funneling it through your value system. Right. And knowing like who you are and, and I had an experience with that just recently as well. You know, I thought I had to be in a certain place. Um, it's more specifically, it was like a Facebook group and I felt like, you know, I have to be there in order to do this stuff. And it was so funny. I had the exact same experience. I was like, dude, I'm just lying to myself, like thinking that my people are in this group. And I was like, so I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to take a step back and, and I'm going to actually find out like, who's really with me in this, in this journey. And uh, it's been, I'll tell you, it was like really hard, but it was also very like liberating just to be like, I don't have to worry about you guys anymore. I don't want to be here. Like, this is just a joke, you know? And uh, it's, it's very cool to speak with you and to kind of get that, that other side of things. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you go and you ask yourself that question and you look in the mirror, you have the answer. <laughs> like that, that's the thing that people need to understand is you already have the answer. Right. I like it. Yeah, I like that. You do. And it's just looking in the mirror and keeping it real with yourself. Because unless you do that, you're just lying. And the only person you can lie to is yourself. And like, or excuse me, the only person you can't lie to is yourself. You always know the truth. Like it drives yeah. me crazy, dude. Here's the thing, man. Like if if you just, I would make myself obsolete overnight if people listen to what I'm about to say. I would ruin <laughs> coaching. I would literally ruin the industry forever. And 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 just like personal development coaching, right? Okay. Go look at yourself in the mirror and ask yourself the question that you're about to ask me. That's your answer. You trust that answer, you will never be wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I love that, dude. I I love that. Um, because I, I am a believer that I am a believer that you have what it takes to create the success in your life. Like you are the only answer is you. And the reason that things are hard in your life is like you, you know what I mean? Actually, uh, from the 10 X rule, I let that lesson hit home for me because what is it? Chapter four and the first line in chapter four, he, he was going to name chapter four. Don't be a little bitch. (laughs) Like nothing happens to you. It happens because of you. Yeah. Like kind of like this hyper accountability stuff. Um, that like, yeah, you can go into the mirror and be like, you know, the answer, you know what you should be doing right now. 
Yeah. But know? accountability scares people, man. Okay. Tell me Because more. that means you have to reflect and, and acknowledge that you haven't been doing the thing that you know you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, that was literally my entire, that was all my teens, all my twenties. Accountability terrifies people because you have to come to the truth that you let yourself down. It's fine. Like, dude, it's fine. Like let yourself down. Now, you know that you've done it. Now you're out of excuses. That's what I think about accountability. Oh, wow. There's a moment in which the pendulum swings and it's right in front of you and go, Oh shit. Yeah. I've been letting myself down. And in that moment, that is when you run out of excuses because from that moment forward, now it's a choice, right? Everything. I I think about this all the time. Everything begins with acknowledgement. And so if you acknowledge that you've not been accountable for the the things that you want to have in your life, putting in the effort, putting in the energy, showing up or not showing up or removing the energy or taking away the effort because it doesn't serve you or bring you value, whatever that is. Yeah. When you acknowledge it, when you look at it and you take ownership of it and accountability of it at that point, from that point, moving forward, you can't make any more excuses. You're out. What other excuse do you have? Cause now it's in <laughs> front of you. This is to me, it's the same thing as like you wake up and the house is on fire and you look at it. Hey, how you doing there? I just wanted to take a quick second and introduce myself. My name is Dre Raka. That's D-R-E-R-A-W-K-A. Yes, that is my legal first and last name. Don't at me. And I wanted to welcome you to my podcast, two of them. I have the Unrestricted Show with me, Dre Raka, and that's where I get to sit down with some of my friends and we chat about life. We chat about new businesses, just everything with me and my homies. And then I also have my other podcast called the Isolation 20 Podcast, where it is mostly just me and we talk talk about different things from sports to uh, movies and of course the are you dumb moment where I give somebody 15 seconds of fame for being completely dumb and you know I sprinkle in some pranks in there we have a lot of fun on that podcast so definitely come on over and uh, give me a listen give me a a a try trial version if you will allrock.com is where you can find me that's a-l-l-r-a-w-k.com and I hope you have the day you deserve You don't do anything. Okay. But the fire extinguisher is right there. Okay. What are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. Put the, put the fire out. Yeah. Or you're not. Or or not. Fucking making excuses. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And then your, then your house is going to burn down. And that was, dude, I swear to God, that was my entire 20s. Yeah. Just standing there watching it. It was like, I wrote, uh, there's a line in my book I wrote. It's like standing inside of your house that you've set on fire while you're holding the matches. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did it to yourself. Yeah, you do. And that's hard, man, because look, people want to blame the world. Look, I have, I think we all have all the right in the world to blame everyone. My mother cut my finger off. I was homeless. I was poor. I'm fucking illiterate. Can't even think straight. Didn't graduate high school. You know, 350 pounds, blah, 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 blah. And yeah. yeah. Right. And look, and I, like, I get it yeah. because this is where people say I'm polarizing. Cause they'll be like, be gentle with yourself. I'm not saying don't have grace for yourself. Yeah. You have to, I've told you my values, kindness, 
kindness is one of my values. I'm always kind. Like I, but there's a very, look, people have to understand there's, there's, there's a mutual exclusivity in kindness. That means that you have to both give and receive it. But people misconstrue honesty. Another one of my values with harshness, that's not necessarily true. The delivery can be off sometimes, but sometimes you need it. Like you're fucking your life up, do something about it. And so this really interesting thing starts to happen as you start to head down this path deeper. And what you recognize in this is that the choices that you make, the choices that you make are going to either make or break your life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's it. It's that simple. And I'm sorry. And look, I'm telling you right now, the space for grace, it is there and it should be allotted and you should give it to yourself and you should navigate the world while asking yourself this question. Am I taking care of myself or am Mm. I taking it easy on myself? Because I assure you, these are not the same things. Yeah, I totally agree. In fact, I couldn't agree more. One of the things that I learned, you know, through my personal journey is, and I write about this all the time, but it's what you said, right? Like the worst part about excuses is that they're real. Like, you know, I I had a similar, you know, my mom did do this. My dad did do this. My, you know, I did have a crappy childhood. We did do that, whatever. Right. Like it's all real. Like it actually happened, but you have to, at some point you're right. You got to take that grace and say like, I, I in fact, I'm just going to steal what you said. Cause it's beautiful. Like, are you, are you taking care of yourself? Or are you taking it easy on yourself? Because you got to eventually got to take care of yourself, right? Like yeah. eventually you got to do the work to like, how long is this going to last? You know, like how long is this going to keep being a thing before I do something? And, and, and I think the other part of it too, as a parlay is you do have to give yourself permission to be successful. Most people sabotage because they're scared that on the other side, they could actually have the life that they want to have. And if you give yourself permission to be successful on a long enough timeline, it will come to fruition. It might look, think about this, man. Yeah. I started this journey 11 years ago. You just met me, right? right? What I want to create in my life is 37 years away. I'm not even remotely close to what I want to do. But I understand that if I can create momentum and take granular and microscopic actions every single day towards creating that life on a long enough timeline, it will come to pass that that life will happen. Mm -hmm. But have to understand this. What you think becomes what you speak. What you speak become your actions and your actions become your reality. Yeah. And so everything begins first through that funnel of kindness because if you can be kind to yourself and extend yourself some grace and also simultaneously ask yourself all of these very important questions, you can create the life that you want to have. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's beautiful. And uh, right before we wrap up, someone asked a question in the chat um, that I, that I thought was a good question. And, and I told them I'd ask it, what, what's your biggest fear? That I will die with regret. Yeah. I think that's, biggest, think that's a big one. Yeah. Dude, the, the, the number one thing that I am terrified of, cause I'm going to die. <laughs> yeah. So are you. And that's the thing that people don't leverage and understand. I've lost so many people 
My best friends have been murdered. My mom let drugs kill her. My grandma let alcohol kill her. You know, my, you know, just death has been abound around me. I've had multiple suicide attempts. I've done, I've been in dark, dark, dark fucking places, man. And here's the thing that I think about every single day. That if I die with regrets, this all would have been fucking pointless. Mm. That's terrifying to me. I refuse it. Yeah. I refuse it. Yeah. I started a business and then it ended up failing miserably. But I remember when we, when I was with my business partners and we were talking about what we were going to do and, and we, and somebody said the the thing that we were going to do. And I was like, boom, that's it. And I remember going home that night and telling my wife we were going to do this. And I was like, look, I'd rather, I'd rather fail knowing that like we tried this and we learned a lot than like, what if myself for the rest of my life? You know what I mean? Like, I, and that was real for me. Like, I know that's like cliche or whatever, but that was like a real thing. I was like, I would rather be like, yeah, I tried and it sucked and I learned a lot and it failed. Then like, wow, I should have done that. Or I, I almost did. I almost did. You know, the, the number one way. thing that people say on their deathbed is they wish they would have done that thing. Yeah. I'm going to do it all. Dude, I'm, I'm a, I'm an illiterate poor kid from the hood. I've traveled the world. I've written a book. I've coached thousands of people. I've been mentored by some of the greatest minds in the century that we live in. I'm just getting started. I'm going to do incredibly amazing things, but I've also been at fucking rock bottom. I've borrowed money from my girlfriend to pay my rent. I've stolen food to survive. I've done it, man. And I'm telling you right now, the number one most terrifying thought I ever fucking have is being on my deathbed and being like, I didn't go all in. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, and that's, you should though. Like I'd, I'd rather do that. You know, you know what I mean? And, and I think that that ties our conversation up beautifully. That's just like, be yourself. You, you need to live with no regrets. And I don't think, I don't think you can live with no regrets. Uh, excuse me. I don't think you can live with regrets if you're who you truly are. Right. If you be yeah. yourself. hundred percent. There you go, man. Well, I appreciate your time. Um, I really appreciate our conversation. It, it was absolutely beautiful. Uh, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody where they can find you, give yourself a plug and uh, we can, we can go from there. Where do, where do people go? Totally, man. Um, I'm on all the social media platforms at Michael Unbroken. If okay. you're like, I just need some help. I need somebody to talk to message me. I am literally the only one that responds. My team does not touch my DMs. So you will literally talk to me. Um, there's the Think Unbroken podcast. It's on all the platforms. Or you can go to thinkunbrokenpodcast.com. Um, and that would be the best way to support me. Cool. Right on. Well, I appreciate uh, our conversation and it was uh, wonderful. Thank you. My pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Thank you.